Hey, 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 welcome back to Chew the Bible. What's your good friend, A.A. Hey, Ron? We got two more chapters in Genesis. Yeah, we're done. Do, 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 do. And going forward, as I said yesterday, we'll read, start reading one chapter from the Old Testament and one chapter from the New Testament. Yeah, we'll read Genesis chapter, I mean, sorry, Exodus chapter one. And um, you know what? I'm debating. These recordings might just be like super duper long. Should I make them long or should I make them short? Long or short, long or short, long or short. Let's start out with long and then we'll go from there. Because one of the challenges I have is, so, all right, so we'll read, what we're going to do is Exodus 1, Proverbs 1, Psalm 1, and Matthew 1. We'll see how this goes. (laughs) These might be some, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We just want to be able to do a whole lot of reflection. Well, we would, honestly, I don't, I kind of want the word to just speak for itself. And this is all kind of like prep for, um, this is all prep for this next project I'm about to do where I record the entire Bible in, in the King James Version and put it out on, iTunes and Spotify and all that different from the podcast. So I'll make little reactions here and there, but really I want the word to really just stand out. So here we go. Jacob's last, you know what? Nope. I just made a last minute change. Sorry, y'all. I'm going to make it, yeah, just Exodus 1, Matthew 1. And then I'm going to do my best at night or other times do Proverbs 1, Psalms 1. Yeah, to separate those out. Yeah, because there's no way I'm going to get all four of those done in an hour. So, and make commentary, like just make little comments here and there. All right, here we go. Genesis 49, Jacob's last words to his sons. Then Jacob called together all his sons and said, gather around me and I will tell you what will happen to each of you in the days to come. This is why Jacob is about to tell them their futures. Can you imagine if your dad told you your future? Come and listen, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Or your grandpa, come on, your son, grandson. I'm about to tell you what's about to happen to you and your family. <clears throat> come and listen, you sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, your father. Reuben, you are my firstborn, my strength, the child of my vigorous youth. You are first in rank and first in power. But you are as unruly as a flood. Mm-hmm, that's interesting. I'm about to tell it like it is. You are unruly as a flood, and you will be first no longer. For you went to bed with my wife. You defiled my marriage couch. Hmm. I think he slept with one of 
it wasn't his actual wife. It wasn't like Rachel or Leah. It was one of Rachel or Leah's handmaidens he slept with. I gotta go look that up. Let's look it up now. Who did Krugman sleep with? Yep. In Genesis 35:22, Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine, and Israel heard of it. As a result of this adultery, he lost the respect of his father, who said, Unstable as water, you shall excel no longer. For when you mount, mounted your father's... Darn it. Where's the note? I was just reading. I lost it when I... Uh... Yeah, Ray, Bilha was the... was the handmaiden of Rachel. Yeah, Rachel gave Bilha to Jacob like a wife to bear him children. That was Dan and Naphtali. Uh, Naphtali. All right, where is the note I was just reading? Here he goes. For when you mounted your father's bed, you brought disgrace. My couch, he mounted. That's Genesis 35, 22. Ooh. That's some wild stuff going on back then. I think the... I'm telling y'all, the Bible is better than the young and the restless. It's better than any soap opera out here. Just read it. Some wild stuff went down in here. Verse 5. Simeon and Levi are two of a kind. Their weapons are instruments of violence. May I never join in their meetings. May I never be a party to their plans. For in their anger they murdered men. And they crippled oxen just for sport. A curse on their anger, for it is fierce. A curse on their wrath, for it is cruel. I will scatter them among the descendants of Jacob. I will disperse them throughout Israel. Judah. Your brothers will praise you. You will grasp your enemies by the neck and all your relatives will bow before you. Judah, my son, is a young lion that has finished eating its prey. Like a lion, he crouches and lies down like a lioness who dares to rouse him. Hmm. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from his descendants until the coming of the one to whom it belongs, the one whom all nations will honor. That's Jesus, the lion of Judah. Hmm. All right, let's keep going. Verse 11, he ties his fold to a grapevine, the colt of his donkey to a choice vine. He washes his clothes in wine, his robes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth are whiter than milk. Talking about Jesus there. Remember, he ties his colt. He, uh, he get his, remember when they untie that colt, the donkey that Jesus rode on? And this is a description of Jesus. He had very white teeth, teeth whiter than milk, and eyes darker than wine.
Zebulun will settle. I was gonna say. <laughs> Let's keep going. There's something I can say about that, the description of Jesus, but we'll just keep going. Because people have these depictions they make of Jesus, what he looked like. And he definitely didn't have blue eyes. Right here it says he had <laughs> eyes darker than wine. All right, verse 13. Zebulun will settle by the seashore and will be a harbor for ships. His borders will extend to Sidon. Issachar is a sturdy donkey resting between two saddleback saddle packs. When he sees how good the countryside is and how pleasant the land, he will bend his shoulder to the load and submit himself to hard labor. Dan will govern his people like any other tribe in Israel. Dan will be a snake beside the road, a poisonous viper along the path that bites the horse's hooves so its rider is thrown off. And so it looks like uh, Judah and Dan have the best futures right now. Uh, and Zebulun, not too bad. Everybody else, their future is kind of not the greatest. All right. Verse 18, I trust in you for salvation, O Lord. Gad, that seems like kind of like a random little quote there. I tr Why did he say that right after talking about Dan? Gad will be attacked by marauding, marauding bands. There's a group I think called the Marauders. But he will attack them when they retreat. Asher will dine on rich foods and produce food fit for kings. Yep, bad future for Gad. They're going to be attacked. Asher will dine on rich foods and produce foods fit for kings. All right, Asher got a pretty good future. Uh, Naphtali or Naphtali. I need to cut, like settle on how I'm going to say that name going forward. I'm going to say Naphtali. No, Naphtali. There we go. I'm trying to think of a way I can say that consistently the same way. Naphtali is a doe set free that bears beautiful fawns. All right, they got a good future. Joseph is the foal of a wild donkey, the foal of a wild donkey at a spring, one of the wild donkeys on the ridge. Archers attacked him savagely. They shot at him and harassed him, but his bow remained taut. And his arms were strengthened by the hands of the mighty one of Jacob, by the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Mm. That's Jesus. The shepherd, the rock of Israel. That's Jesus, y'all. That's, that's cool that he's talking. Man, this is powerful. So Joseph has a good future. May the God of your father help you. May the almighty bless you with the blessings of the heavens above and blessings of the watery depths below and blessings of the breast and womb. May my fatherly blessing on you surpass the blessings of my ancestors reaching to the heights of the eternal hills. May these blessings rest on the head of Joseph, who is a prince among his brothers. As I'm reading this, 
it's almost reminds like this feels like this is what it's going to be like when we get heavenly rewards. I don't know. I'm just picturing like heavenly rewards for like how we lived our lives here on earth. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to just be glad to be in heaven with Jesus, but I hope I at least get something. <laughs> and I'll be thinking about like all the things that I did to disobey God and just made some poor choices especially after my divorce and i'm like i just hopefully i didn't shame your name too much not that i can bring i mean you can't bring jesus name is above any man's shame he bore our shame um but there are like yeah when they have the bamish seat of christ God starts handing out crowns and rewards for how we obeyed him and followed him on this earth. <laughs> I hope I at least have something waiting for me beyond just, I hope I had this one first. I know, I mean, I believe by the blood of Jesus Christ, what he did on the cross, dying for me, accepting him as my Lord and Savior. And that's the only thing getting me in, him dying on the cross for me. But after that, the rewards, that's all based on God's grace, too. So anyway, I'm just picturing that as, as I'm reading this, as Jacob is reading, discussing these guys, his sons, the 12, tribes of, the 12 tribes of Israel, as it's referred to, as he's discussing their futures, what's going to happen to them. All these prophetic words are based off of how mostly based off of how they were, how they lived their lives up until that point. And it's impacting their kids and their grandkids and their children's children. I believe there's this whole, yeah, y'all can go deeper into this, but there's this whole belief that like everyone, all of us, all the modern day people on this earth or most of the modern-day people descend from the 12 tribes of Israel. So I come from one of these tribes. I don't know. This goes deep. This Y'all can go. That's where the Bible calculus starts. I encourage y'all before I... Yeah, y'all can go read more on this. I'm sure the Hebrew Israelites... I'm not a Hebrew Israelite, but I, I believe they taught... They, they point to the scripture a lot. Um, let me see here. Do all humans descend from the 12? All modern humans descend from the 12 tribes. Of Israel. Hmm. I'm just gonna go to Core. There's a lot of websites about this. 
Let's see what somebody has to say. Are all nations of the world descended from the 12 Israelite tribes? This is written by somebody named Isaiah Tannenbaum, a reformed Jew, rabbi's kid, former religious school teacher. Interesting. All right. This dude seems legit. I'm just going to see what he has to say. He has a short little answer before I close this out. Not even a biblical literalist would believe this because even within the biblical narrative, there are many people who are not descended from the 12 tribes of Jacob, whose other name is Israel, thus Israelites. Within the Bible, all of humanity is descended from Noah's sons. Yeah, that's that's actually what I was thinking in my gut. All humans descend from the sons of Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. Um, but there are a lot of us who actually come from the 12 tribes of Israel. How you would know that? I have no clue. All right, I'm going to keep reading. Within the Bible, all of humanity is descended from Noah's sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, who repopulate the earth after the flood. Thus, a biblical literalist would say that all the nations of the world are descended from Noah. A biblical literalist. Those people, yeah, see... Here's where it gets into some deep stuff because it's like the calculus. Because there's people that when they read the Bible, they read it, read it straight literally, everything literally. Like they take it word for word. If it says it, that's what it means. And then there's other people that read it metaphorically or symbolically. Yeah, there's all these different terms. And you have to like there's times where the Bible is speaking literally. And it's also there's sometimes it's speaking figuratively. And you have to like it takes requires context to understand in the in the air being led by the Holy Spirit, him helping you and guiding you as you read the word to know the difference. Let's see, this stuff goes deep. All right. Uh, all right. Thus, a biblical literalist would say that all the nations of the world are descended from Noah. Many years later, one of Noah's descendants had a son named Terak, who has a son named Abraham, the first Jew, who has a son named Isaac, who has a... See, I never thought about that. Abraham being the first Jew. Why did he even... Why do you even call them Jews? What does Jew mean? I've never even, like, thought about that. Abraham was the first Jew. What does Jew mean? Like, why is it, what is, but what does the word Jew actually mean? Oh, from Judah? Judaism, yeah. See, I, I be feeling slow sometimes. From Judah. The English term Jew originates in the biblical Hebrew word Yehudi. That's what I was looking for. Yehudi, meaning from the, I want to know the etymology, the actual word. This is from Wikipedia. The English term Jew originates in the biblical Hebrew word Yehudi, meaning from the kingdom of Judah. It passed into Greek as Ludeos and Latin as Ludeus which evolved into the old French Giu, 
G-I-U, after the letter D was dropped. A variety of related forms are found in early English from about the year 1000, including Ludea, Gaiu, Giu, Lu, Lu, L-U-W, and E and L-E-W, which eventually developed into the modern word etymology. According to the book of Genesis, Judah was the name of the fourth son of the patriarch Jacob. During the Exodus, the name was given to the tribe of Judah. Descended from the patriarch Judah after the conquest and settlement of the land of Canaan, Judah also referred to the territory allocated to the tribe. This is going deep, 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 deep. In modern Hebrew, the same word is still used to mean both Jews and Judeans, or of Judah, of Judea. In Arabic, the terms are Yehudi, or Al-Yehud. All right, so in short, it's people from the kingdom of Judah. That's why we call them Jews. Hail, hail, line of Judah. All right, let me finish reading this article here. Many years later, one of Noah's descendants had a son named Terak, who has a son named Abraham, the first Jew, who has a son named Isaac, who has a son named Jacob, who, whose other name is Israel. That's why Jesus, they say, or when they says the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. All right, who has 12 sons plus eight. They're like the founding fathers of the Jew, Jewish faith of the Jews. Hmm. Who has 12 sons plus a daughter. Each of these, which is Dinah, the one that was raped, Dinah. That's the one daughter. I always I wonder about that. Why do you have 12 boys and this one daughter? What are the chances of that? Each of these sons founded a tribe. And thus, can you imagine a woman pumping out 12 kids, 13 kids, and only one of them was a girl in, in today's world? I'm sure it's out there. Each of these sons founded a tribe, and thus we arrive at the 12 tribes of Israel. Later, after leaving Egypt, the 12 tribes were granted land in the conquered land of Canaan, the land of Israel. Well, that's not actually completely accurate, as the priestly tribe of Levi didn't get any land, while Joseph got a double portion because he was Jacob's favorite. <laughs> his Jacob's favorite son. This land was split between his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, who each formed their own tribe at the level of their uncles. Thus, depending on whether we are talking about Jacob's sons or land apportionment, we still arrive at 12 tribes. Usually when biblical scholars are talking about the tri 12 tribes, they mean the former. And when historians are talking about the 12 tribes, they mean the latter. Mm. So biblical scholars, when they talk about the 12 tribes, they're talking about the actual sons. When historians are talking about the 12 tribes, they're talking about the land that was apportioned to each of them. Hmm. But either way, this only covers Jewish people, not every nation in the world. Jews consider themselves the descendants of these 12 tribes at the very least spiritually and morally, if not literally, genetically, though some believe that too. Although, again... That's not strictly accurate, as all Jews would be descendants of only three of these tribes, Judah, from whence comes the term Jew, 
Benjamin and the landless Levi tribe as the others were conquered by the Syrians around 740 BCE and dis disappeared. These are known as the 10 lost tribes. Let's see, this stuff goes deep, y'all. All right, let's keep reading. This is, I don't know, this, this is kind of interesting because I have some cousins that are still part of this church called the Church of God, Saints of Christ, that my grand, both my grandfathers were pastors of. And there's some dude named William Crowdy or whatever, and they go deep into this stuff and believe in them. It, it's almost as though they believe they're like these first black Jews. And... Um, Yeah, they believe they're like part of this 12 tribes of Israel somehow. But it's not Hebrew Israelite, though. And it's not Seventh-day Adventist. It's not Church of Christ. It's like Church of God, Saints of Christ. It's like Kogasak. Yeah, Church of God, Saints, Kogasak. Yeah, Saints of Christ. Anyway, stuff goes deep. Beyond my, my pay grade. All right. Verse 27, Benjamin is a ravenous wolf, devouring his enemies in the morning and dividing his plunder in the evening. These are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said as he told his sons goodbye. He blessed each one with an appropriate message. Jacob's death and burial. And then Jacob instructed them, soon I will die and join my ancestors. ancestors. Bury me with my father and grandfather in the cave in the field of Ephraim, the Hittite. This is the cave in the field of Machpelah, or Machpelah, 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 near Mamre in Canaan, that Abraham bought from Ephron, the Hittite, as a permanent burial site. There, Abraham and his wife Sarah are buried. There, Isaac and his wife Rebekah are buried, and there, I buried Leah. Is it is the plot of land in the cave that my grandfather Abraham bought from the Hittites. When Jacob had finished this charge to his sons, he drew his feet into the bed, breathed his last, and joined his ancestors in death. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 for the wages or the cost of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated or showed his love toward us and that while we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, verse 9 through 10. If we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with our hearts, we believe we are now in right standing with God. And with our mouth, we confess that we are now saved. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever, anybody, everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. So if you would like to be saved today, you can simply say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name, I pray. Amen.
Man.